Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Agency Nation Radio. My name is Ryan Hanley, and joined, as always, by the man, the the ice fishing legend, the 30-inch walleye <laughs> fisherman of the of the great Nordic North, uh, Marty Agather. Howdy, gang. So, so... I give you that intro and your response is howdy gang. It's like, what kind so, of co-host are you? Like, I just, I yeah, set you I up know, with all this I, material. So, so I, 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 I caught some crap on another podcast uh, for being all about Marty. So I didn't want to do too much. But yes, uh, I had the uh, unique experience. Uh, some of you may be aware that uh, I live in uh, the Twin Cities of Minneapolis, St. Paul in Minnesota. And uh, my brother-in-law is quite the outdoorsman. And so while I don't regularly go ice fishing, um, he invited me to head even further north. Uh, We went up to Winnipeg, uh, Manitoba. That's in Canada. And uh, we went fishing out on the ice. We had, um, if you know what a a four-wheeler is, uh, and then there's the next bigger version, which they call a side-by-side, which if you can't picture it, think of a of a golf cart with a little bit uh, bigger suspension and some some big tires. Um, however, up there they've converted these uh, the side by sides. They put tracks on them instead of wheels, so they can go through the snow and re- reduce the amount of pressure that they put on the ice. So we went out on the the uh, Lake Winnipeg. That's the eleventh largest lake in North America, uh, big lakes to say the least. And we went fishing. You bore a hole in the ice using a motorized. Uh, Looks like a big screw, an auger. Um, our buddy Jason Cass knows all about augers. And uh, cuts a hole in the ice and through 40 inches of ice, and then you drop your line down and catch fish. Who doesn't know what a four-wheeler is? I don't know, man. There's a lot of people that, uh, you know, that that uh, that they may not have ever seen a UTV, we call them. So, so as the podcast listeners know, now we record these shows while I also have a live Periscope going up, and Joey G and Gola uh, just puts in Marty tells stories if, as if no one's ever had an experience in their entire life. It's so true. You're like, if you've ever heard of a foiler before, so there are these things, and they move on the ground, and they have wheels, and you put like gas in them and stuff. Um, uh, there's this, there's this substance and sometimes you drink it and when it's cold, it freezes and when it's warm, it's, um, so yeah, so that, that's awesome. I, I think it's cool that, uh, that you go and do that. I would never in a million years ever want to go ice fishing. I did it one time on a tiny little lake, uh, in called Lions Lake where, where I live. We spent the entire day out on the ice. We didn't catch a single thing. Half the day we spent fixing our prop up fishing things and then when i got done i hadn't put any sunscreen on and my face looked like it looked like a like a i look i literally looked like a tomato from the reflection off the snow to my face it was i said i'm never gonna do this ever again in my entire life it was like the worst experience ever it was cold they made me eat spam we didn't catch a single fish and all that happened was these little wood flip-up things kept breaking. And then the whole game was like running around fixing the flip-up things. It was terrible. Tip-ups, yeah. Tip-ups, well, yeah, so terrible. That was, that I was terrible. Eat, I didn't eat spam. I had actually two days we had bear uh, brats, believe it or not. Wow, that that to me sounds amazing. Bear, bear brats sounds <laughs> 
amazing. Now these these are definitely outdoorsmen that I were with. You know, I don't I don't hold a candle to these guys, but uh, we had a good time. So let's All get right, into what we came. Right yeah, after, let's man. get into what we came here to talk about yeah. before everyone turns us off. So um, let's talk about this article that you sent me. Property Casualty three sixty. Uh, can insurers have it both ways with small business direct sales? Yeah. Uh, written by Sam Friedman, well-written article. Um, yeah, Sam's Sam's been around for for forever. Um, you know, he's he's been a writer, uh, very well respected, and he also is the author of this uh, Deloitte report, which is what this article is based on. Yeah, and um, so what I so this, so this is really good stuff, and the whole crux of this is. As, as small business insurance starts to transition and become more mainstream and uh, in terms of people going online to buy it, right? I think uh, today uh, we are fairly comfortable with the idea that people buy auto and home insurance uh, online, uh, or at least they do a lot of research online. And though it's probably been a reality for three or four or more years now, I mean, I built my entire insurance book of business doing videos uh, for small business and getting them to call me, um, it's become more, you know, kind of a, a wider spread acceptability that um, that these small businesses go online to shop for their insurance. And the idea is, should, can, what what is the what are things should we be thinking about in terms of carriers stepping past agents and starting to sell directly to small businesses? Um, so 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 take us here, Marty. It, it, where do you stand on this and, and what are you thinking after you read through this? Well, I mean, there, there clearly is a, um, a consumer preference that's building for shopping online. I saw a report uh, a number of months back that said that um, the biggest inroads into potential purchase of, of commercial insurance online was with consumers who had purchase their personal insurance online and we we know where that trend is going right so I think this is something that's going to continue to um, build I think uh, as Sam points out it's not something that's um, immediately going to imperil the independent agency distribution channel for uh, small commercial but I, I think that anybody who wants to hide behind, um, the fact that it, you know, it's too complicated, it can't happen, consumers will never stand for it, uh, is wrong. Uh, you know, he, he points out very, very clearly that there is still um, a significant segment of the population that believes that, um, that their agent adds a lot of value to the process because it is a complicated product. Um, it's a complicated uh, coverage. You know, you just can't just buy something that's going to, that's cover all your exposures. So you need a consultant on the, in the mix, which is what the, the, the role that the agent plays. But, um, his advice, uh, is, is literally four different things. And I wonder how many of the carriers that we know and love are, are using any of these. So, so here's his four potential solutions that he proposes. Do a standalone launch of direct. All right. Ignore direct completely uh, and increase the value of your agency delivered products. Leverage the technology to create hot leads for your agency force or develop a parallel approach uh, where you've got direct marketing and you continue to support your uh, agency distribution channel. 
So the the one I'm I'm not convinced that I see a lot of efforts in any of those. Um, you know, we we have we, we know that some carriers are partnering with uh, direct online sellers of commercial insurance. So that's that's one that's one route. But but I don't see the independent channel carriers doing a lot to help their agents address this on a go forward basis. Yeah. So I'm going to skip right to what I think is actually going to be the solution here. I think what's going to happen is there are going to be a handful of agencies who have the cojones uh, to step up to the plate and start to tackle the digital customer experience and understanding that um, this isn't a game anymore. This isn't a, you know, let's slap each other on the back and all have a big laugh about the fact that we have a flip phone and we don't answer, you know, and God forbid a client call us after noon on a Friday because we are on the golf course and shouldn't they know that? And I think there are going to be a handful of agencies in various regions throughout the country that uh, understand that this isn't a fad. It's not going away. This is the new paradigm of doing business and they're going to take to this stuff and they're going to stand out. And there are already agencies starting to do this. A great example and one I love to use is uh, Nick Ayers out in California, I-80 Insurance. Um, and Nick uh, likes to write food service businesses, food trucks, restaurants, all kinds of stuff. And he started a digital show, a video show, because uh, he's also a cook where he's cooking stuff. And uh, man, the, the name of the show is escaping me. But if you just check out Nick Ayers and I-80 Insurance, you'll, you'll bump into this. But he is very much ingrained in the community. He, I've seen him doing um, little little quick videos on Facebook with his customers and just, you know, he's going to them. So he's still doing all those traditional things that we did as insurance agents. But at the same time, he's using digital tools to build relationships, create that introduction, drive people in. Um, and that's just a piece of it. That's just a marketing piece. That's not talking about um, e-signature and agency management systems that integrate uh, I'm going to give a quick shout out to Boyd McGee and the Alabama Young Agents. They're working on what is going to be an incredible, an incredible event down in Alabama at the end of July. Uh, he's flying in. Uh, I think right now they have seven or eight agency management systems and they're going to come in and just do like a big blowout agency management system day. And it's going to be like a little TED Talk style. Very, very cool conference. Uh, not something we see in our industry all the time. Uh, and and. The agents that grab onto this information, like it's right there. As soon as they start to, they stop questioning these things and just understand that this is the new paradigm. There's no debating that. Those agencies will stand out and be just fine. For everybody else, this is what's going to happen, Marty. The carriers are going to have to step out front and start doing bind on behalf with a pass through back to agencies uh, at a reduced commission. So I still think the human beings at the agencies are incredibly important, but what's going to happen is as agencies continue to fall behind uh, and continue to fight digital adoption in every form, I'm not just talking in marketing, I'm talking in, in how they process, uh, in their customer experience, in their onboarding, in every piece of their business, as they continue to fall behind and fight this and make excuses for why they don't need it. The carriers are going to have to step out front. They're going to have to handle frontline sales. And basically, the, the, a certain portion of our agencies are just going to become service-based businesses where they just where the businesses close for them and pass down because I don't know that they're able to, to handle the way a consumer wants to be talked to today. And I know that sounds harsh, 
but I really see it as it's a this is a choose your own destiny kind of moment for agencies. This is one of those books where it's like, you know, Johnny climbs the rope or he dives into the water and you have to deal with the circumstances of your decision. You can either choose to step out front and own this or you can wait and watch and continue to be on the sidelines and then you just get business handed to you at a reduced commission and you have to deal with that. And I don't think agencies can, can complain one way or the other. I'm going to take it one step I'm going to take it one step further, and that is, um, from my perspective, if I'm a carrier executive and, and I've taken the route that you've suggested, my question is, why am I going to subsidize those agencies that aren't doing it on their own? Why would I not direct the business towards my best agencies, which are the ones that are, that are my partner in this whole thing? So I do believe it is a... Uh, a litmus test and a, and a watershed moment for the industry. Yeah, there's there is a tidal wave of capitalism that's that's coming to the independent agent, and you can either own your destiny and get on board and like and own the solution, like not own it like you own the business, own it like I'm gonna take ownership of this problem and find and be part of the solution, or you're just gonna get blown over. You know, and, and Joey just said in the comments here on Periscope, he just said, you know, those agents who get that business passed down to them, they're still going to struggle to service those clients. And I agree with that. And I think it fits in perfectly with what you just said, Marty, is that and, and, and Joey makes a great point on, on Periscope. You know, I think what will happen is the carriers step out front. They create this bind on behalf model because they can't scale the service. I mean, the thing that we know we do better than the directs is service. That's that's why you still need the independence. But the, the, the agents who, who can't step up to the plate, who can't handle the digital consumer, uh, they're going to they're, they're gonna struggle. They're, the carriers aren't going to send them business. I mean, th there has been a, you know, and, and again, this is probably going to be the episode where everyone who's asked me to speak uh, over the next year is going to send me a rescind letter. But, like, there has been a, let's just say, a veil of socialist mentality to the industry right that everybody is equal and we all have to be propped up and we have to serve everybody right we have to serve all our agents even the ones that still write in chalk on the walls uh that write pol you know that get policies formed in chalk on the wall right like like this is there's going to come a day when carriers and the vendors that support those care that support those carriers and the agency system are not going to be willing to prop up and deal with the agency who hasn't upgraded from the seventh iteration of applied, right? Like, like they're just going to say you're done. We just don't want to deal with you anymore. There's, there's the cost of dealing with you isn't worth it. We're going to focus on the people that help us the most. Think about it. The reason that that consumer is taking the direct channel for that business is because they have a new expectation on what service means to them. Now the agencies that are lagging, probably don't have that stuff where they've connected their management system to the internet to allow the client to self-serve, right? So how does that all work? So I think, I think there's a, a, a huge, huge um, exposure here for those agencies that aren't, that, that haven't been able to keep up with uh, the rapid pace of change. And, and I'm not suggesting that, it, that that's an easy task. It takes a, uh, a dedication uh, to spending resources, both time, uh, staff, and money to, 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 to try to keep pace with this industry. 
which I think is a beautiful segue to our next topic where you are absolutely off your rocker. All right, set the stage for everyone listening because I'll obviously have a biased opinion. Yeah, you sure do. Um, <laughs> wrong biased opinion, by the way. So Ryan po- posts up a, uh, a a video post on our fa- Agency Nation Facebook page. Wait, Marty, weekend. before you go there too, I, yeah, before yeah. you get into it, just let me say this. I posted this video at 1 p.m. on a Saturday while I was holding my nine-week-old son after just having fed him a bottle. I posted this video that then got 200-plus views on Facebook. So Mm -hmm. just a little Mm -hmm. caveat. Don't tell me that you don't have the time or that doing these things don't work because I got 200 people on a Saturday to view a video that I did while holding my nine-year-old, and you can't tell most likely, you know, that I'm holding the nine-year-old when I do the video. It just looks like a face shot. So I just want to let everyone know that this time, we don't have time to do that excuse, is complete BS. So go ahead. Yeah. So um, so Ryan's so so Ryan's whole topic is that um, with uh, Gen X and Gen Y, we are almost, um, we, the independent channel, are almost invisible. Uh, they don't see us. They don't know us because uh, they aren't hearing our message. And Ryan's suggestion, so suggested solution to that is um, we need to adopt uh, to find the time to, 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 to echo, to play off of what Ryan just said, um, to find the time to, to use some of these new technologies, um, whether it be Periscope, Twitter, um, Snapchat, all of these new social uh, channels to get our message out there. And I'm going to call complete and utter um, horse poop on this thing. I think that I think that that's absolutely wrong. So let's get into it. Yeah, you're crazy. You're absolutely <laughs> nuts. So let me, put you con- let me put the video in context. So here's what I said. I was sitting there and... And as everyone who has ever uh, followed me for any amount of time knows, uh, I think about this stuff all the time. It's what I do. Can't help it. So I'm sitting there. just got done feeding the kid. And I'm rocking in the rocking chair. And he's sleeping. And I'm thinking to myself, like, it's driving me crazy the number of tweets and messages on Facebook and comments I get at, at speaking events and articles I read and, and all this stuff talking about how no one knows, you know, why don't millennials like the independents? How do we, how do we capture this market? How, how do we capture the millennials? And this, and it's driving me crazy because the answer is incredibly simple. Now it's not easy and no way am I saying doing it is easy. What I'm saying is the answer is simple and it's right there and we need to stop asking this question because it is a lazy question. It's a lazy question. And here's what the question, here's the answer. If you want to capture millennials, figure out Snapchat, learn about Periscope, figure out Facebook ads, start doing uh, text-based marketing, figure out WhatsApp, right? Learn how to use GIFs, tell better stories, figure out who's important to them, hire a, you know, start looking at influencers on YouTube who are talking about things that millennials are interested in. Like, there is a path to capture these people. The problem is we're incredibly lazy and we don't want to do that. Where you want to just be like, oh, we've been in the industry for 150 years and they should care about that. They don't. They don't care about it. They don't care about the carriers in our space because none of them care about them. 
they don't care about the agents in our space because our agents don't care about them. We have purposefully been, you know, I'm not going to use the word redlining, but we've purposely been like, eh, I don't want to touch these guys. Pre-underwriting, we right? call that. For 10 years. Yeah. I'm 35 years old. I turned 35 on Sunday. I am. Happy the, birthday, man. Thank you. I am the first wave of the millennials. You don't want me? I got an 815 credit score. I got a nice house and two cars. I'm like on the cusp of buying all my toys and shit. Yeah, but you barbecue in the middle of your living room. Barbecue? Yeah, well, I'll get into that. <laughs> so Marty has been to my house and knows that we're strange. But, um, you know, my point, Marty, is that we have been purposefully, purposefully neglecting these people for 10 years now. And now that they're like becoming part of society and we can't just discount them, it's all of a sudden it's we're throwing our hands up going, they don't like us. Why don't they like us? And it's like, because we haven't put a single ounce of effort into them. We've just expected, guys, guys, we're independents. You, uh, choice. We have 30 carriers. Doesn't that matter to you? Oh, customer service. Doesn't that matter to you? And it's like, no, they don't care. They don't care. If you're not good at customer service, they're going to go to State Farm because they believe they are. If you're not, if you're e tough to do business with, they're going to go to Geico because they know Geico is incredibly easy to do business with. If you, if if you're too expensive, they're going to go to some aggregator like uh, Compare.com or or Progressive, and they're going to run you through their comparison thing and figure out who the best company is. This is ludicrous. It's ludicrous to me. This is, is exactly my point. All right, you just made my point for me. I I don't know you, how that's possible. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Because there is, I, I don't disagree, and, and you know me well enough to know that, that I am 100% every comment behind, every comment you made. The challenge we have as an industry, however, is individual agencies, the small number of agencies that actually get it, the same agencies we were just talking about that are going to be able to react to this online commercial buying thing is too small to make an impact in any way, shape, or form on these new buyers. So I don't say that what you're suggesting shouldn't be done. It absolutely should be embraced by anybody who listens to this Periscope or to, to our podcast, okay? You've got to get out there and you've got to grab these technologies. You've got to figure out how to make them work. And you can't be talking about insurance. You've got to be a human. You've got to tell stories, as Ryan said. And we got all kinds of resources for you on all this stuff. That's not the issue. What I think the issue is... Our industry and the people who have the cash in this industry, the insurance companies, have for too long ignored the fact that they are required to do marketing. And they are the ones who are not doing the marketing to get our message out in a, to a broader spectrum. I agree. We, each, each agency could reach out and, and maybe touch 1,000 consumers, 10,000 consumers. But that isn't – we need millions and millions of – of this age category to understand the value that's provided by the independent channel. Yeah. That's and my position. I'm, I'm, so I'm with you. I don't know how that, so I, one, I don't know how that is actually any different from what I'm saying and why you're so against what I was saying before, because, because we're saying the same thing. It's it, you know, so, all right, so let me take, so, so local so independent of, agency doesn't have enough money. Emphasis. It's a question of emphasis. You're emphasizing that the, that the, that the solution, um, depends upon the agent. And I'm saying 
No, the solution the solution resides with the carriers. They're the it's, ones who have the both. budget. It's They're not, the ones who are shirking no, their duty in the face of a billion dollar ad spent by Geico. That's why the that's why the millennial can figure out that he's gonna get what he wants from Geico and he's not gonna get it from the guy down the street. He doesn't know the guy down the street exists. Yep. Okay. No, but he so, knows Geico because he sees the damn commercials every day. All right, so let me push back on this a little bit. Yeah. It's not one or the other, it's both. All right, so the agent is just as responsible for this as the carrier is. Both have forgotten that marketing is part of their job. Now, this is what I will say from a carrier's perspective, and this is not going to be this is not going to be something that our agents uh, appreciate. But there needs to be so. Okay, so let me put this in. So let me. I'm going to put this in context. Um, over the last. Uh, let's say 15 years, decade, maybe to two decades, carriers have continually reduced the commission uh, that agents receive. This is where I think, this is the blame that I put onto carriers. With that reduction in commission, there should have been an, a proportionate increase Mensurate in increase. overall Absolutely. marketing spend. Absolutely. Right? Because the commission was paid to the agents as payment for being their frontline sales force. And what they're saying is, no, no, no. Sales we, and service. Don't forget the service part. Yeah, sales and service. We're taking on more of the service role, which they have done. You know, look yourself in the mirror and say that you really do much on a claims basis unless it's a really large commercial account and you're probably lying to yourself if you're an agent. But here, neither here nor there. Both entities, agents can't sit back and blame carriers. It's not all their fault. Carriers can't sit back and blame agents because it's not all agents' fault. It's us as a whole. And what we need to understand is that is agents on their local level, the thing that they are so incredibly good at, get out of the damn office and start figuring out how to connect with people in your community. Do you buy donuts from the same donut place every day? You should be in there talking to that owner, doing snaps, doing periscopes, doing all kinds of things, right? I'm just using these. These are high-level examples. Don't, like, hold me to snaps or periscope. Do a video. Write a blog post. Take a bro shot selfie. I don't care, but start to integrate yourself back into the community. Figure out what do young people like to do. If that, if you're, if you care about the next ten years of your business and capturing these people, get figure out what they like to do. What do they like to do, right? Obviously, it can't be smoking pot and trying to find ways to get booze, right? But like, I'm, I'm talking about, you know, is it are a you know is the local is the local strip mall like the hangout place? Why aren't perfect. you popping in there every day doing cool little uh, giveaways at the local vendors that you're sponsoring for those millennials to go in and get a free cup of coffee? Hey, if you if you do a quick snap and talk about my agency, I'll buy you a cup of coffee at the local coffee place. Why can't you do that? You can absolutely. I got a perfect example for you, and uh, my 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 experience of the last week sort of brings this to the fore. I talked to an agent. I don't remember exactly where they were. They may have been on the coast, or they might have been on one of the Great Lakes. But um, they sponsored a fishing contest. They gave away prizes. It was all about fishing. It wasn't about insurance, right? But they knew that they had the outdoorsman clients and prospective clients that would be attracted to an event like that. And so there's a perfect example of finding something that matters to your potential clientele and then getting involved. Yeah. Dude, this is, it's, you, you hit it on a nutshell. I, I'm saying it's frustrating me that we are pretending like we don't know what to do. I, I, I think it's time for the industry to look in the mirror and say, 
We just aren't willing to do it. So, you know, so I just had a comment on Periscope that says, in theory, this sounds like a great plan, but most agencies do this and it fails. I would say that's that's not true. Most agencies, I'm talking 80s to 90%, do not do any of this. Don't. Now, if you go to state association or national association meetings, you will see the 300 to 500 agencies in the country that do this, but there are, what, almost 40,000 agencies throughout the country? So, you know, a, a couple hundred agencies, you know, say the number is 600. Say the number is 600 agencies in the entire country that are doing this well, and I'll agree, there's not nobody. There are agencies that are doing this, but there's not enough. That's the thing, because because consumers do not see us as the Jones Agency or the Murray Group. They see us as independent agents. So it's this is very much this is an incredibly tough thing because it's a rising tide, uh, and you know, and our buddy Cass is all the time. Rising tide lifts all ships. He says that all the time in all his work. He says this, and he's a hundred percent correct. What an agent does in Ohio impacts an agent in Texas because. That person has in Ohio who sees that great work has a relative in Texas looking for an insurance agent and goes, hey, don't go to State Farm. Go to the local one of your local IAs. They're great. That's mm -hmm. how we increase our market share. Or, or vice versa. Yeah. And it, right? it just, it, that is the mentality. But we have a mentality of I'm going to sit in my box. I'm going to ask for my referrals. I'm going to cash my checks, and it's all good. And I'm going to complain about the rest. And um, it just... Yeah. So again, Joey, Joey Gingola, if you're not following Joey Giangola in his work, you absolutely have to start doing this. Uh, primarily a health insurance broker out of Ohio, but you're, you're thinking content marketing and insurance marketing. Dude absolutely kills it. He's at Joey Giangola, G-I-A-N-G-O-L-A um, on just about all his social platforms, at, at least uh, definitely here on Periscope and, uh, and, on, and on Twitter. He says, you know, writing a quick three tips post isn't enough. And uh, I have to, I have to agree with him, right? I mean, it's dipping your toe in and doing a post every other week is is like yeah. that's this nothing, is, right? How many? This is, this is where the commitment comes in, yes. Ryan. And, and 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 you know, this is this is uh, again to play off what you said earlier. This is you know holding your sleeping baby while you do some some social media activities. This is this becomes a integral part of the job and if you if it's an occasional thing you can't create enough activity you can't create enough sense of community to get anything going it's got to be regular and regular means all the time you know you know how i so the day that i left the murray group that month we had just finished up that month's uh, reporting for for incoming new business we had generated 89 inbound unsolicited inquiry from digital activities and had uh, written at the time 41 and I think they ended up writing two or three more so that's that's almost a 50% close ratio from business that came through inbound digital activity now you're now telling that's, me that's the that's lifetime or that was that month's ratio? that month that's for that okay, month yeah, that's what I thought. 89 yeah, yeah okay sorry yeah sorry good 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 clarification that was for the past month because I left uh, on Ju uh, July 1st of 2014 so for June 89 and we had written already in the 40s you're telling me and that's for a 15 person you know two million in uh, revenue business so this is a nice 
mid, you know, smaller, mid-sized agency, single location, family-owned. Don't tell me your agency is different. I just this has been a rant episode, and I I will apologize to anyone who doesn't appreciate rant episodes. I just have been I've been nose down in Agency Nation University building out these courses to help agencies figure this stuff out, and I just. I have been a little overwhelmed lately with the number of emails and comments and things about people like saying that they can't figure it out. It, this isn't rocket science. It, you just have to do the work. We gotta, it's time to do the work, right? You need help doing the work. That's what we're here for, right? That's what me and Marty do every day. That's what Sydney Rowe in, in, our, uh, in our group does every day. That's what Nissa's doing. That's what Hannah's doing. That's what our entire team is doing. Chip Basio Garcia out there pounding the streets, talking to people. Paul Martin and his entire sales team. Derek Hyde and his team. It just, it, this is why we're doing it. We're here to help. But guys, it's time. We got to do the work. We have to start doing the work. I, I just, I can't. This has been almost seven years now that I've been doing this, Marty, banging my friggin' head off a wall. And there's people still wondering, like, should I be on Facebook? That's a stupid question. That is a stupid, stupid question. Yes, you should be on Facebook, and yes, you should be using ads to target your market and drive new sales. Otherwise, you don't really care about growing your business. Or, or, and this is the complete other side of it, Marty, you have made a tactical decision not to use digital marketing, and you are spending your time and efforts in other places to drive business because you found they work for you. And if that uh, is a- Baloney. No, but here's, no, Marty, here's what I'm saying. If that is a strategic business decision that you have made, more power to you. More power to you, but if yeah, you're but just lazy. Is, but, but but the vast majority of those are not strategic decisions. That, that's what I'm saying. They are they are they are courses of action taken by indecision. That's or, what I'm saying. So yeah. the the opposite. It's that is not acceptable if it's just kind of lazy meandering through and like oh I'll make a couple phone calls today. That is not acceptable. If you decide to go that route and not get involved in digital because you've looked at your numbers and looked at your business and looked at your talent and time and effort and assets and said, this is where we're going, God bless you. I, I know that I'm sh that there are businesses out there that can make that work. I'll go one step further. If, if that's been your strategic decision and you are taking resources and effectively deploying them somewhere else, drop us a line because I'd love to tell your story because there are people who need to hear that. Yeah. So I'm going to wrap this up and, and put a bow in this whole thing. And I'm going to go back. I, I think, Joe, send me a check, man. So Joey just said it. He just said, he goes, you just answered the question. People say they want to grow, but they really don't. Because growing the business is the hard part. And I completely agree with him. And that's the deal. Is that at its crux, at its highest, most base, basic point of the, the, the crux of this entire decision is, do you want to grow or don't you? And if you don't, Keep doing what you're doing. God bless you. If you do want to grow, you have to do this stuff. And you have to stop questioning it. And you have to go all in, all the way into this. Make it part of your business. And I promise you that if you listen and learn and, and, and really take on this, this, this type of business model, you will grow. Your business will grow. And over the long term, you'll capture all these young consumers. And money will rain down from the sky. And unicorns will barf rainbows. But... Uh, if you just dip your toe in because you're kind of like unsure and don't really want to work that hard, or then, it's a me, or it's a me too. Yeah, then you're gonna fail, and that's the way it is. So uh, I want to wrap this up. This has been, this has gone so much more aggressive than I kind of had it in my mind. 
Um, so I'm just glad to see that you agreed that I was right. Well, I'm not sure that, that those- that's what ended up happening at the end of the day, <laughs> but if you say so, I guess that's true. Uh, all right, so ra- let's wrap this up. I want to say uh, thank you specifically to Joey because he crushed it today on the Periscope. But um, uh, thank you for everyone who showed up live, had 20 or 30 people pop in and out of the call. Um, as always, if you want to uh, just follow me on Periscope, periscope.tv forward slash Ryan Hanley underscore com. That's my Twitter handle. That's what they use on Periscope. Um, I also have a link up in the show notes. Follow us on iTunes for the podcast. But if you want to kind of comment and be part of the show live, Periscope's a great tool. It's a lot of fun. Um, and we always have uh, a dozen to two dozen people pop in and be part of the show there. Um, Marty, this has been fun. I I, I feel like uh, that was a little cathartic for me. Like I feel yeah. like uh, like I've, I've unloaded a burden onto uh, our – in, 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 I'm ready to rock here. I just think this is such important stuff, and I'm I'm ready for our industry to get moving. I'm just, I hate being in the convincing game. I'm just so sick of trying to convince people. I, I'm not convincing people anymore. I guess that's what it is. Is I'm changing the way I deliver my message. I'm not going to try to convince you anymore. If you don't, if you aren't into it, I don't care. I want to work with the people who want to grow their business. Because if those people follow Agency Nation, ask questions, do the work, you know, get involved with trustedchoice.com, those are the people who are going to be here in the next 10 years and are going to be killing it. Those are the people who are going to be fun to be around. And uh, and those are the people that I want to be around. So, um, dude, appreciate you letting me vent a little bit here. Appreciate everyone I, I, for showing my, up. As your, as your shrink, my bill's in the mail. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, guess, I guess I just want to say that... Uh, this is this is in, incredibly important, not only to, to uh, our individual listeners and and their efforts in the in, in the industry. This is this is this is incredibly important to our industry as a whole, and we have to figure this thing out. And that means that we are going to have to put our shoulder to the wheel, put our hands on the oars, and start uh, start the hard work of uh, moving this industry. You lose me with those uh, ice fishing metaphors. No, there's no ice fishing in there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone. Thank you so much. We're going to get out of here. <laughs>